ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله amma ba'd so we've been doing the tafsir of juz amma and we got up to suratul ikhlas qul huwa allahu ahad allahus samad lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakun lahu kufuwan ahad this particular chapter then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says qul Say that he is Allah, the one. Allahu Samad, that he is the self-sufficient master whom all of creation are in need of. Lam yalid wa lam yulad. He begets not, nor was he begotten. He does not have offspring, and nor was he the offspring of anyone else. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا And there is no equal or comparable to him. ذكر في سبب نزول هذه السورة أن المشركين أو اليهود قالوا للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صف لنا ربك فأنزل الله هذه السورة It is mentioned about the reason why this surah was revealed and that reason is that the mushrikun or the Jews, they were saying to the Prophet ﷺ, describe to us your Lord, describe to us your Lord. And so when they were challenging the Prophet ﷺ in this way, saying to him, tell us then, describe to us who is your Lord. Then Allah revealed this particular surah. Because within it is a description regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the first of those descriptions they are قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one. He is the one, the unique, and there is no second or third or fourth. He is the only one. And again, like we said before, قُلْ Say, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing 
the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling him, say that Allah, he is the only one. And the difference between Ahad and Wahid, you have these different numbers or different words indicating one in English as we say. The scholars, they mention that the difference between Ahad and Wahid is that when you say Wahid, then you can carry on and you can say Thani and Thalith and Rabi' one and then two and then three and then four. You can carry on, but with Ahad, they say that there is no continuation of the numbers with it. Ahad means the one and that's it. There is no continuation of the numbers with it. So, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ Say that He is Allah, the One. And this is the foundation of Tawheed. The principle that the religion is built upon, the foundation that the religion is built upon, the foundation of Tawheed. That all of your worship is singled out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without any partners or any equals or any participants or any helpers. Allah is not in need of anyone or anything. He is the one and the unique. And that is the basis of Tawheed. When you say, La ilaha illallah, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. That's it. Qul ahad. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the message that all of the prophets and messengers came with, all of them were sent with this message to preach to their people to worship Allah alone and to abandon the worship of all other deities, all other false gods, to abandon their worship and to worship Allah alone. And that's why we talk about Tawheed in the Rububiyyah, the Lordship of Allah, that He is the one who created the creation. He is the one who provides for the creation. He is the only one who gave life and death. He is the only one in His Lordship to single out Allah with his actions that are specific to him. And also he is the one and only in his uluhiyyah to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our worship. So all of our worship, whether it is in the heart, whether it is upon the tongue, whether it is upon the limbs, 
all of our worship singled out to Allah, the one. Qul huwa Allahu ahad. And when it comes to the tawheed of al-asma'u wa-sifat, then also we say that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are the most perfect and beautiful of names, complete in their perfection. And there is no one else who has those names to the likes of what Allah has. And there is no one else who has the attributes to the likes of perfection and completion that Allah has. So in all of those regards, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Then it says, Allahu samad That Allah is a samad A samad the scholars they say or they mention different explanations as to what the meaning of as-samad is. So some of them have mentioned as-samad. It is annahu al-kamilu fi sifatih alladhi iftaqarat ilayhi jami'u makhluqatih. That As-Samad is the one who is in perfection with regards to his attributes. He is in perfection with regards to his attributes. And that all of the creation are in need of him. All of the creation return back to him. All of the creation are in poverty before him. That is one of the meanings of As-Samad. That he is the one with the perfect attributes, attributes of completion and perfection. And that all of the creation, they are in poverty before him and in need of him. فَقَدْ رُوِيَّ عَنْ ابْنِ عَبَّاسٍ أَنَّ الصَّمَدْ هُوَ الْكَامِلُ فِي عِلْمِهِ الْكَامِلُ فِي حِلْمِهِ الْكَامِلُ فِي عِزَّتِهِ الْكَامِلُ فِي قُدْرَتِهِ there is a report from Ibn Abbas that he said, As-Samad is the one who is upon perfection in his knowledge and perfection in his wisdom and all-knowing of the affairs, in his power and might and majesty, in his ability, and in all of the affairs. That Allah is the one who has perfection, perfection in all of his attributes. عن جميع المخلوقات لأنه كامل 
And this therefore means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is self-sufficient. Self-sufficient meaning that he does not have any requirement, any need to anything in his creation. Allah does not have any need, any requirement to anything or anyone in his creation. He is the absolute upon self-sufficiency, has no need for anyone or anything. And that's the meaning of Allah being upon perfection in his attributes. Allah being upon perfection in his attributes means that Allah therefore is not in need of anyone or anything from his creation. And also therefore, هذا يعني أن جميع المخلوقات مفتقرة إليه فعلى هذا يكون المعنى الجامع للصمد هو الكامل في صفاته الذي افتقرت إليه جميع مخلوقاته So the comprehensive meaning for الصمد it can be said that he is the one upon perfection in his attributes and the one therefore who is self-sufficient completely, not in need of anything or anyone, but rather the creation. They are in poverty before him. They are in need of him. That is a summit. So, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدٌ And then, لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ That he does not beget, nor was he begotten. That he does not have offspring, nor was he the offspring of anyone. He does not have offspring and neither was he the offspring of anyone. He does not beget nor was he begotten, does not give birth nor was he given birth to. So Lam Yalid does not have any offspring, no son, no daughter, no children. Because We've already said, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ That Allah is the one. So there is no comparable to him, no resemblance to him, nothing similar to him. And that's why Allah tells us, لَمْ يَلِدْ He does not have any offspring, because your offspring are similar to you then and they are comparable to you then and they are resemblant to you and Allah is Ahad He does not have any comparison, any resemblance, any similarity nothing in creation is uh, comparable to Him and so He does not have any comparable and so He does not have any offspring
والولد مشتق من والده وجزء منه كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في فاطمة إنها بضعة مني So offspring is the result of the parents and so that offspring has resemblance to the parents and has comparison and similarities to the parents and this is as the Prophet said regarding Fatima his daughter that indeed she is a portion from him that she is a portion from him she has some resemblance to him some comparison to him some similarities to him she is his daughter and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have any offspring because he does not have at all any comparison to him or resemblance to him and then on top of that, people have children. One of the reasons when the parents become elderly, they are in need of their children to aid them and support them and look after them. And perhaps in order to maintain the family line and to maintain the lineage, these kinds of things, they exist in creation. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is not in need of any children to aid Him or support Him. And there is no lineage or line to preserve. None of those kinds of weaknesses and reasons that exist in creation exist for Allah. Wallahu Azza wa Jal Mustaghanin and Dalika. Allah is self-sufficient and is not in need of any children to aid him, is not in any requirement for anybody to help him. And that's why Allah does not have any offspring. Because there is no comparison that can be to him. And because he is self-sufficient from everyone and anyone. And there are some ayat in the Quran also. In other places. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has highlighted that he does not have a partner and he does not have offspring nor a wife nor offspring rather he is the one who created everything فالولد يحتاج إلى صاحبه تليده كذلك نعم so when you have offspring then you require a wife to then have that offspring and all of these things are not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah does not have a wife and he does not have any children or offspring. Rather, he is the one 
خَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ That he is the one who created everything وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ And he is the one who knowledgeable about everything So when Allah told us in the Qur'an لَمْ يَلِدْ That he did not have any offspring هَذَا رَدٌ عَلَى ثَلَاثِ طَوَائِفْ مُنْحَرِفَةٍ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمٍ it is a refutation of three different groups from mankind. Three different groups are refuted by the statement of Allah, Lam Yalit. Wahum al Mushrikun wal Yahud wal Nasara. The Mushrikun, the polytheists. The Jews and the Christians لِأَنَّ الْمُشْرِكِينَ جَعَلُوا الْمَلَائِكَةَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ إِنَافًا وَقَالُوا إِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَةَ بَنَاتُ اللَّهِ Because the Mushrikun, they had claimed upon their lies that the angels are females and it is not established that the angels are females. This was their lie. And this was their incorrect and false statement that the angels are females and they are not. And then on top of that they said that the angels are the daughters of Allah. They claimed that the angels are the daughters of Allah. And that is of course false. And is refuted by this ayah, Lam Yalid, did not have any offspring. Also, Al Yahud, the Jews, because they claimed, Qalu Uzair ibn Allah. They said, Uzair, some of the groups of the Jews, they claim Uzair is the son of Allah. And that is rebuked by this ayah, Lam Yalid. وَالنَّصَارَ قَالُوا الْمَسِيحِ بْنُ اللَّهِ And of course the Christians they claimed that Isa alayhi salam is the son of Allah. So all three of those groups they were refuted by this ayah لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ لِأَنَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ هُوَ الْأَوَّلَ الَّذِي لَيْسَ قَبْلَهُ شَيْءٍ فَكَيْفَ يَكُونُ مَوْلُودًا Allah is the first and there was nothing before him. So how could he have been born? And how could there be others besides him? It cannot be. وَلَمْ And then after that, وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ الْكُفْرِ It means an equal or a, a partner. An equal, someone resemblant to you, equal to you. So Allah says, وَلَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ That there is no one equal to him or resemblant to him. أَيْ لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ أَحَدٌ مُسَاوِيًا فِي جَمِيعِ صِفَاتِهِ That there is no one equal to him in all of his attributes. فَنَفَى اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ عَنْ نَفْسِهِ أَنْ يَكُنَ وَالِدًا أو مولودا أو له مثيل. So in this chapter, Allah highlights that 
There is no resemblance or equal to him and that he is not a father to anyone and nor was he born to anyone else. He is not the offspring of anyone, neither does he have any offspring or partner, a wife, nothing, and neither is there any resemblance to him. That's why the scholars, they say it is known as Suratul Ikhlas, the chapter of purity and sincerity to Allah, because it highlights to you the purity of Tawheed. That Allah is one and alone and unique. And this particular chapter has great virtues. That it is equal to a third of the Quran. What does it mean that it is equal to a third of the Qur'an? If you read Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad, the whole surah three times, then have you read the whole Qur'an? But it says Ta'jilu Thuluth Al-Qur'an, it's equal to a third of the Qur'an. In its meaning, its virtue, its reward, but not in actual, literal terms. What's the proof that Qul Allahu Ahad is not actually in literal terms equal to a third of the Qur'an? Meaning that if you read it three times, that doesn't cover you for reading the whole of the Qur'an. How do we know what's the proof? Huh? That's one meaning as well. That uh, when it says Quran, that it is equal to a third of the Quran, some scholars they said because the Quran, when you look at all of the topics of the Quran, all of the different topics of the Quran, then you have the obvious topic of Tawheed throughout the ayat of the Quran. You have the topic regarding Allah's commandments and prohibitions there in the Quran. What you are commanded with, what you are prohibited from. And you have other topics like, for example, stories of the prophets and nations, or the rewards for the people who obey Allah. There is that type of topic. So this surah is on which topic? Just the topic of Tawheed. So it's like it's covering a third of the topics of the Quran. But another proof the scholars they mention that innaha ta'adiluhu wa la taqumu maqamahu that surah al-ikhlas is equivalent to a third of the Quran but you can't say literally meaning if you read qul huwa allahu ahad three times that doesn't mean you've read the whole Quran and one of the proofs is if qul huwa allahu ahad surah al-ikhlas if it did taqumu maqamahu 
Then imagine somebody prays, says Allahu Akbar, and then doesn't recite Al-Fatiha, recites just, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad, three times. And then Allahu Akbar, into the Ruku'ah. Is his prayer okay or not? Why not? But he read Fatiha, he read Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad three times, which means he read the whole Quran, so Fatiha is in that. That's why it doesn't count. لا تقوم مقامه So somebody cannot say قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدَ اللَّهُ السَّمَدْ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُلَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفْرُ أَحَدْ Three times and then Allahu Akbar. And he says, خلاص, I read Umm Al-Quran. It's in قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدَ تَعْجَلُ ثُلَّثَ الْقُرْآنِ I read it three times. It includes Al-Fatiha. You cannot. لا تقوم مقامه So it is equivalent to a third of the Quran in meaning, in virtue, in reward, but not literally that it counts for the whole of the Quran if you read it three times. فَهِيَ تَعْدِلُ ثُلُثَ الْقُرْآنِ لَكِنْ لَا تَقُومْ مَقَامْ ثُلُثِ الْقُرْآنِ بِدَلِيلٍ Here the Shaykh says, بِدَلِيلٍ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَوْ كَرَّرَهَا فِي الصَّلَاةِ الْفَرِيضَةِ ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتٍ لَمْ تَكْفِهِ عَنِ الْفَاتِحَةِ مَعَ أَنَّهُ إِذَا قَرَأَهَا ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتٍ فَك لكنها لا تجزئ عنه ولا تستغرب أن يكون شيء معادلا لشيء ولا يجزئ عنه And the Shaykh says that's not something for you to be confused or surprised about You can have something that is equivalent to something else or a third of something else or a fraction of something else in virtue and reward but not literally as a fraction of that thing or as a complete of that thing that can occur, that's not an issue. فَهَا هُوَ النَّبِيُّ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ أَخْبَرَ أَنَّ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ فَكَأَنَّمَا أَعْتَقَ أَرْبَعَةَ أَنْفُسْ مِنْ بَنِي إِسْمَاعِيلِ أَوْ مِنْ وَلَدِ إِسْمَاعِيلِ Hadith in Muslim, where the Prophet said that whomsoever says La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulku wa lahul hamd, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir, whoever says that, then it is as though he has freed Four slaves. Have you actually freed four slaves when you read that? You have not physically, literally freed four slaves. But in terms of the reward and the virtue, it is equivalent to having freed four slaves. Not that you've actually gone and freed four slaves. So something can be equivalent to something in virtue and reward and not necessarily equivalent to it. Physically and tangibly. ومع ذلك لو كان عليه رقبة كفارة. So the Sheikh says, imagine somebody now when you have an expiation to do. You know, sometimes when you commit certain sins, then in the Sunnah it tells you to make up for that sin. What you have to do is free a slave. So if somebody says to do my expiation. I'm just going to recite this La ilaha illallah four times or once or twice or 
I'm going to recite this. And that is equivalent to freeing four slaves. So I don't need to go free a slave, I'll just recite this. Does that cover him then? His expiation is done, the kafara is done. It is not done. So in that case, it would not be sufficient. وَقَالَ هَذَا الذِّكْرِ لَمْ يَكْفِيهِ عَنِ الْكَفَارَةِ فَلَا يَلْزَمْ مِنْ مُعَادَلَةِ الشَّيْءِ لِلشَّيْءِ أَنْ يَكُونَ قَائِمًا مَقَامَهُ فِي الْإِجْزَاءِ وَهَذِهِ الصُّورَةِ كَانَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ يَقْرَأُ بِهَا فِي الرَّكَعَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ مِنْ سُنَّةِ الْفَجْرِ Surah Al-Ikhlas, the Prophet ﷺ used to recite it in the second raka'ah from the two sunnah of Fajr. The two sunnah of Fajr in the second raka'ah, he would recite this, وَفِي سُنَّةِ الْمَغْرِبِ And the two sunnah that you pray after Maghrib, also in the second one he would recite this, وَفِي رَكَعَاتَيْ الطَّوَافِ when you do Umrah and you do Tawaf, after you finish Tawaf, you don't go to the mountains, Safa Marwa straight away. You're supposed to pray two raka'at behind Maqam Ibrahim. And in those two also, in one of the raka'as, he would recite Al-Ikhlas. And also in the Witr prayer, he would recite them, uh, recite Al-Ikhlas. لأنها مبنية على الإخلاص التام لله ولهذا تسمى سورة الإخلاص because this whole chapter is founded upon the توحيد of Allah the oneness of Allah and nullifying and negating all partners or equals or resemblance to Allah سبحانه وتعالى